So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. When there are an infinite amount of female struggles, you decide to do a podcast about them. Emma Joe, Real Davis, and in each episode of this podcast, I take a subject by the horns and rip it to shreds. This is the podcast that isn't afraid to talk about any struggle you've had as a woman, from struggling with your body image. You do get some people commenting, saying, like, you look like a man and women shouldn't look like this. And actually, I loved it when I got a six-pack. To wondering whether marriage is the right thing for you. To say that I'm committing myself to you for the rest of my life until my last breath, that just seems like a really stupid thing to say. So even having a cervical smear test. I need to yeah. take my trousers and my knickers off. Yeah. Ooh. Let me know if it hurts. Blimey. That wasn't the end of the world. And that's it. Oh my gosh, is that it? I'm in shock at how easy it was. This is The Female Struggle Is Real. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Female Struggle Is Real. This is going to be a really good one because today we're talking about bushy pubes, we're talking about awkward long nipple hairs and we're going to talk about the unofficial rule that whenever you shave your legs, somehow you will always cut your ankle. In this episode of The Female Struggle Is Real, we are talking all about body hair. In today's episode, we are going to delve deep into why, as women, we feel the need to shave off all of our hair. We're also going to speak to some women who choose not to remove their body hair and are both proud and beautiful of it. And as voted by you on a poll on Twitter, I experienced the new beauty trend that Kylie Jenner claimed was life changing. Yep, I go and get laser hair removal. That's a very large apparatus you're putting on my arm. It does sound a bit like I'm in a wind tunnel. My experience of getting laser hair removal a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, I thought I'd start by telling you an embarrassing um, hair removal story that I have. We've all been there, haven't we? Whether we've used hair removal cream, whether we've shaved, whether we've epilated. Everyone's got a nightmare story about getting rid of the hair on our body. Um, I once went for a bikini wax uh, after a long spell of drought, shall I say. Um, (laughs) I hadn't shaved in quite a long time. I kind of got to the point where I just didn't really care. Um, And then I started going out with my boyfriend. It was kind of the early days. So I thought, oh God, better, you know, get it seen to. Um, Went to my local beauty salon and I have this like really ridiculous problem where I can never remember the different types of bikini wax. There's like a Hollywood, a Brazilian. I get them so confused. Anyway, I went in and I asked for one. I, I didn't want anything completely drastic. I just kind of wanted a trim do you know what I mean a tidy up um anyway I had this lovely lovely lady who um was firstly completely shocked by (laughs) 
by the volume of hair down there, shall we say. Um, she didn't quite know what to say, um, but she remains completely professional throughout and started slapping on the wax. Um, it was very painful because of the sheer length of the hair and um, without me sort of really realising because I was just so determined to not squeal in pain about halfway through I realised that she'd literally taken pretty much everything off um, which was not what I was going for at all I didn't want to end up bald but somehow I'd ended up with a completely bald vagina (laughs) apart from one really long tuft (laughs) like in the centre of the vagina it was very strange all I can liken it to is um, if you imagine like Gandalf's beard (laughs) that is literally what it was like and uh, I thought it was so funny that when the beautician asked if I wanted that removed as well which is obviously what most people would have wanted I asked her to keep it because I desperately wanted to show my boyfriend just because I knew he'd find it absolutely hilarious. Anyway, there's a small insight into uh, our relationship. So yeah, we've all had our ups and downs with hair removal, haven't we? On a more serious note, later on in the podcast, I'm going to be chatting to Harnam Kaur. Now, Harnam has polycystic ovary syndrome, one of the side effects being that she has an abnormal amount of body hair growth. Um, She has a full beard and a moustache and she absolutely rocks it. Body hair isn't an issue. We've made it an issue. Body hair is as natural as grass growing on this planet Earth. It's not an issue. It's so true, isn't it? It's so true. Hanam really is incredibly inspirational. So we'll be hearing from her a little bit later on in the podcast. But firstly, Laura Jackson is a student at Exeter University and the founder of Positive Body Hair Campaign, January. So Laura, can you tell us about what inspired you to start January? Yeah, sure. Um, I wrote and performed a one-woman show um, and the show was about the ideologies of women and the absurd levels we go to to try and perfect ourselves. And for that show, I decided to grow out my body hair for the first time. And um, I'd never done it before. Doing it, I felt very mentally uncomfortable intentionally growing it out for such a long period um, just because I was so... I was thinking so much about what the people thought of it. I was apologising to people when they saw it in practicals at uni. And I was always like, I'm doing it for a show. Um, and, you know, after a little bit of time, I started to really love it and, and embrace it and, and ask myself questions about why I was acting that way about my body being in its natural way. And then friends and family as well didn't understand um, when I kept my body hair after the show and, and, and asked questions and um, weren't that familiar with why I was doing it. And after helping them understand I wasn't being lazy or I wasn't just trying to prove a point, you know, they started asking themselves questions and said how how absurd it was that they asked me those questions. So I think it's so funny that um, growing it out myself, I sort of realised the taboo of body hair on a woman is so much bigger than, um, than I thought it was. So later on, I came up with the idea of January and having a big campaign with a group of supporting women for people to have an incentive to be able to break those stereotypes if they need that incentive. So what is January all about? Because obviously you're raising money for a charity as well. So could you tell us about that? 
Yeah, definitely. So we're raising money for Body Gossip, um, which is a charity educating young minds on their bodies and um, their body image, which rings very true with what January is about, which is why I chose the charity, because the money that um, people are donating will make sure that this project can go into schools for free for schools who wouldn't be able to afford to um, bring them in. What sort of reaction have you had from people that aren't necessarily on board with the campaign? Um, So I've had a lot of reactions on social media. I've had a lot of people say a lot of similar comments of it's disgusting, it's unhygienic. But then there are opinions out there saying, why are you doing this campaign? I don't understand. If you want to shave, shave. If you don't, don't. But you don't have to show everybody your armpit hair. You don't have to scream it out to the world or like make 70% of the population angry. And I think, one, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm very happy to leave these negative comments up. And, um, you know, they're actually helping the campaign because it's helping us understand why we're doing it and who we're doing it for. It's, it's okay that these people are, are saying these things because they just don't understand yet. And hopefully this campaign will help them understand a bit more through them looking at the social media pages, reading the articles, listening to podcasts and understanding that this is normal and hair on a woman is natural. It's not unhygienic whatsoever. I mean, if it was unhygienic, then all men should shave as well. Like, And they don't. And why is it okay for him and not for me? I don't want to focus on the negative at all, but um, of course, famously, Piers Morgan called women with body hair revolting after discussing your campaign on Good Morning Britain. Has it been overwhelming how much your campaign has taken off? Definitely overwhelming. Um, As like... I'm doing a a degree in my third year at the same time. I think that was taking a big part in it and trying to balance it. But it's been overwhelming in the sense that I, the responsibility I feel I have now as, as just running this, to be honest, now that it's gotten so big, it's sort of taking off and, and people are doing their own things and posting things and sharing things. And it's it's absolutely amazing. People are responding to like a lot of the negative comments, just trying to ask some questions and ask why they think this way. And people around the world are just sort of taking action on it themselves, challenging these things. And I think it's, it's really good to see so many great responses to it. But um, yeah, of course, there has been some negative, but wouldn't be a campaign without the negative would it no of course not um i recently put a poll on instagram asking women whether they shave their body hair or not and i was actually really surprised to see that only 11 percent said they didn't why do we as women do you think feel so determined to remove all of our body hair well i think it comes from a lot of influences from media and from um, so particularly like adverts, you, you know, the typical um, hairless woman advertising the razor and, and generally in like magazines and in um, films, the porn industry as well. Like you do get a lot of hairless women. So people think, right, OK, that's what women needs to be like. That's what I'll aspire to do as well. There's also the influence that we put on each other as women. So for me, my shaving obsession started when I was around 12, 13. And I remember being in the back of a car with my sister, my older sister, and she looked at the little golden hairs on my legs and said, oh, it's time you started shaving because, you know, they're becoming visible and people are going to start seeing them. And I suddenly felt so embarrassed about this thing I never noticed as being a problem in my body before. 
like, right, I better get shaving. I remember I was in college. One of my course mates uh, lifted her arm up and uh, my friend, like, tapped me on the shoulder and pointed out her armpit hair and was like, oh, my gosh, that's disgusting. And I sort of joined in and started judging her as well. And I didn't want to be judged the way I judged other people. So I was constantly trying to shave away my disgrace and try and avoid it. But then when you actually start to ask these questions and why you're doing it, it's it's really odd. And I think it's just such a norm for women to be hairless and to feel accepted in that way. Now, Laura, I have to confess, I am probably one of many women who is absolutely desperate to get involved in January. But basically, I'm happy to admit that I am just terrified of people's reactions. And I, I'm not talking about necessarily people I know, but more from like strangers. Um, what would you say to women like me? You're terrified of this, but there are going to be people out there who, who might pull faces and might not understand it. But Let's try and help them understand. This is what the campaign is for. People stare when they don't see things that they normally see every day. doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. You might think you're being judged, but just embrace it and, and do what you want to do. And make sure that if you want to shave, that's absolutely fine. But make sure you're doing it for yourself and not for other people. And hopefully this is what the campaign will do is just normalise body hair on a woman and maybe just a little bit and hopefully soon enough it won't have to be something that is a taboo and needs to be addressed. It's just something that becomes normal. And finally, Laura, going forward, is the body hair going to stay? Well, for me personally, definitely, because you know, I shaved it off and then grew it out again after the show and I, I kept growing it and I loved it. But then I removed all my body hair to join in with the growing process at the beginning of January. And um, I, I really miss it personally. I love it. It was a big part of me. Just I just like the way it looks and I like it. It's also fun to see how long it's going to get in a year's time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Laura, thank you so, so much for speaking to me. Uh, massive good luck with the rest of the campaign and I hope it becomes an annual thing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, if you want to follow the campaign even further and donate to Body Gossip, you can do via their Instagram page, which is at Janu underscore Harry. So probably really foolishly, uh, not so long ago, I put out a poll on my Twitter about what you'd like to hear on the podcast relating to body hair. Um, all of you pretty much chose for me to go and get laser hair removal. Um, so I did. I went down to Pulse Light Clinic and had laser hair removal on my underarms. Um, I do need to say right now that this was a gifted experience for the purpose of the podcast and normally it would cost £83 for a single session or £225 for six sessions. Hello, um, I've got an appointment. Sorry, I'm a bit early, at quarter to Never Thank you. Okay, that's good. That's what I thought. I was like, it's better to be here early. <laughs> and it's so cold outside as well. I was like, I'm just going to come in. Um, it's Emma, real Emma. Davis. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, Emma Davis. Nice. That will be with Joe. Great. Emma, if you sign in for me and have a seat, we'll cool. be with you shortly. Thank you. Emma Davis? Yes. Hello. Can you come in? Yes. Thank you. you. So, have you done laser hair removal before? No. Okay. <laughs> so, if we're starting from scratch, it can feel a little bit like a rubber band snapping against your skin, but it's different for everyone in terms of the sensation. It can be a bit more painful than that, depending on the part of your body. 
it's underarms that you want to do, isn't it? Yeah, so I was going to ask, is it worse than a bikini wax, for example? No, bikini wax is one of the worst pains I've ever felt, okay. I think. <laughs> so, less painful, Okay, definitely. that's fine, that's Way fine. Way less painful. Um, so I've come into, like, a little consultation room. There's this absolutely massive machine with, like, wires coming all out of it that looks like something from Doctor Who. So, um, is this what you're going to use on me? This is the laser, yeah. So this specific model is the Gentle Max Pro and it's got two lasers inside it. One for lighter skin called the Alexandrite, so that's one we use on you. And the one for darker skin types, anything from like a slightly darker olive tone skin up to black skin. Okay, because I was sort of imagining like a dark room with lots of like laser beams going everywhere and I'm sort of stood in the middle like naked. Is that, <laughs> so it's not like that. That's quite a dramatic scene I've got in my head now from you saying that. Some Star Wars weird scenario. Yes. Sci-fi. Yeah, not like that at all. I think sometimes, you know like when you go to the doctor, if you look at what they're doing with the needle going into your vein, that can make it so much worse than it actually is. And I personally, just I just look away and all you feel is a tiny pinprick. Um, it's fine, you're just in here for your laser treatment and it's over in the blink of an eye. Okay, I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, you just need to lean back on the bed and then we apply the laser to your skin. We've got cold air on your skin at the same time. Okay. Oh, I'm really nervous now, but I am excited as well. Don't be nervous, it's fine. Like I said, it's just the machines. Just forget they're there. And do I get some funky sunglasses like you're wearing on your head? Funky sunglasses. Okay, that's cool. (laughs) That'll help, yeah. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, so that's the machine starting up, is it? That's actually the cooler. Yay. Here are my sunglasses that I'm going to put on. So this is obviously just to protect my eyes in case you miss fire. (laughs) (laughs) Which obviously you're not going to do because you're such a professional, (laughs) Joe. I try. I try. So I'm a bit embarrassed because obviously I am a bit sweaty. But presumably, obviously, you see so many personal areas that all of them are sort of just the same to you. A bit like a nurse or a... Don't even beautician. Have at all. No matter how many people here every day without their clothes on, it's, it's totally normal to me. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm quite lucky because I don't tend to get embarrassed about this sort of thing. But I realise, obviously, some people it is quite a quite a personal experience, especially if you were to have your bikini area done. Of course, to be able to get all the hair if someone is doing like a Hollywood, for instance, there's no way of getting around it. It has to be a relatively invasive few moments for you. Just shaving a tiny bit of the hair off before we start. So that's a very large apparatus you're putting on my armpits. <laughs> oh, I can't feel anything. That is the weirdest sensation. It's literally just like someone just putting a pin in your armpit a few times. Is that it on that armpit? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so quick. It's crazy how quick it is. So over to the other armpit now. And it does sound a bit like I'm in a wind tunnel. But... Yeah. Well done. Oh my gosh, it's so quick. I can't believe it. Do my armpits sort of look any different initially? Are they sort of very red or? You're probably going to go a little bit more pink than it looks now. It's so dependent on the person. 
and you might feel like it's a little bit warm to hot afterwards as well. We normally apply some aloe vera gel on the area just to sort of soothe the skin. Oh, okay, is that what that is now? That's oh, that's lovely. So can I just ask, so laser hair removal, is it a permanent thing? Like, will it literally remove all my hair for the rest of my life? We try to avoid saying that it's permanent with every single hair that you have, um, unfortunately. Although the laser is incredibly powerful and the best on the market currently, it's, it's not a total magic wand. However, we're looking at, like, 80 to 90 percent permanent reduction yeah i was about to ask you this because obviously i'm fairly fair and have an average hair growth i'd say but what about people say with like darker skin with much thicker hair can it work for them as well oh yeah i mean the darker the hair the better it works to be honest with you and also that applies for thick hair as well and can you get laser hair removal pretty much anywhere have you ever for example laser hair removaled anyone's hairy toes oh yes i have mean you? every single body part you can think of we're okay to laser the only area we can't do is inside the circle of your eyes basically that's incredible yeah. oh well thank you so much joe i'm excited to see my well there won't be much of a change hopefully <laughs> that's sort of the idea isn't it <laughs> It'll be, it should be a lot finer and softer thank you you're welcome what an absolute babe. I loved Jo. She was so, so cool. Um, completely professional, made me feel so at ease. Um, and the whole of the team at Pulse Light Clinic, I'm really, really grateful. So thank you so much. I have actually decided, having now had two sessions of the laser hair removal, um, to stop going through the process. Um, this isn't anything bad about the procedure whatsoever it was completely well not completely pain-free but relatively pain-free um it was very professional it lasted all of about 10 minutes but i have this real fear of permanence even though i know it's not completely permanent the laser hair removal treatment but obviously it does really stunt the growth of your body hair um it's one of the reasons that i would never get a tattoo i just get really really scared about doing anything completely permanent to my body and i always liken it to um do you remember in the 90s when everyone plucked their eyebrows like so they were literally just like a tiny little pencil line across their face and now for those people, sadly, their eyebrows won't grow back and they've got tiny little line eyebrows for the rest of their life. I kind of feel the same about my body hair. Like at the moment, um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I haven't really got any strong feelings towards it at all. But that's not to say that in the future I might grow to love it or, um, you know, maybe in 30 years everyone will just walk around with massive hairy legs and it won't even be an issue. So for that reason, I have decided to stop um, the treatment. But that's not to say that it isn't wonderful. And if you are considering doing it, I highly recommend it. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's super, super easy. And if you do shave regularly, oh, it saves you a hell of a lot of time. It's probably a good time to say that, as always, I love receiving your emails, your comments, your suggestions, your feedback, everything really. And you can just pop me a little email, thefemalestruggle at gmail.com. Or I'm on Instagram and Twitter as well, at M Joe Real Davis E M J O R E A L D A V I E S. I look forward to hearing from you. Now, Hanam Kaur is an activist, a model, and she's even done a TED talk. So it's really lovely to have you on the podcast, Hanam. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh God, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Um, so obviously, you suffer with polycystic ovary syndrome. Can you sort of tell us a little bit about what that is and how it affects you? 
Yeah, uh, firstly, I want to actually rephrase that because I'm not suffering from it. It's just a condition that I have. And I think, you know, speaking about it and saying that I'm suffering from it, I'm sort of victimized to it. But it's just that my my the mechanics of my body works differently to another person's body. And it's a condition that affects one in five people with ovaries. And um, it's as simple as my ovaries aren't functioning as well as they should be. So that's having trouble ovulating, which causes irregular periods. Then um, I might have trouble with fertility and I have an excess of androgens in my body causing like bodily hair growth and obviously my beard. So um, when you were first diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, um, how does it sort of initially affect you? I had a visual difference, obviously, as a young girl. I was around 12 or 13. I was, um, you know, I could see all this facial hair sort of sprouting on my face. And it was only after sort of getting my period and having such horrendously painful periods that um, I went to the doctors and they basically done various ultrasound scans and blood tests. And, um, yeah, the results came back as, you know, her army had polycystic ovaries and, that's when that sort of began over 10 years on. I'm still sort of battling with it, still trying to get my mind in terms with it. The more I sort of develop, you know, my side effects develop as well. So it's always something new that I have to sort of embrace and accept. So being a teenage girl sort of generally is a pretty like rough ride, isn't it? In terms of, you know, you're starting your periods, you're going through puberty. But for you, growing all that facial hair, you know, more so than say some of your friends must have been like really sort of troubling and upsetting at the time. Absolutely. To be honest, I didn't really see it myself first. I think you know, when your body's just growing so naturally, like you're accustomed to what you look like every day in the mirror. So for me, like the hair wasn't really an issue. It became an issue when other people made it an issue. Um, you know, I started looking at my body in a very different way when I started, you know, being bullied, body shamed and fat shamed, etc. And people openly stating how different I was in, you know, in comparison to the other girls in my class. And that's when it became an issue and I started removing my facial hair, like various methods. And, um, you know, I was still bullied for that. So growing up, being me was difficult, but I'm glad and I appreciate everything I went through. It must have been like a huge uh, emotional sort of strain trying to remove the hair all the time. What impact did it have on your life, just even going through that process? Yeah, I mean, I used like various different hair removal methods, you know, shaving, tweezing, waxing, threading. I was way too young for electrolysis or laser because you have to be 18 to get that done, I think. And yes, I used all these different methods and the hair sort of came back with a vengeance. I'm guessing it just wanted to be there, but it had a horrible effect on me mentally, emotionally, the relationship that I had with my body. And I had the bullying on top of that to tackle and deal with. So I was very sort of suicidal and you know I used to self-harm too so it was difficult being me growing up. So now obviously like you just said you have got a full beard and a moustache as well which by the way is beautiful you know you're completely unique it must have been quite a process for you to come to terms with that physically. Yeah absolutely I mean you know we live in a society which can be very narrow-minded in regards to the beauty standards that are set for you know you know, women have to look like women and men have to look like men and it's quite narrow and, 
you know, sort of one-sided. It's Eurocentric beauty standards that we're supposed to abide by. And here I am, a woman of colour. I'll have, you know, a beard and a turban. And, you know, I would like to think I'm absolutely owning it and rocking it and embracing who I am. And that's the hardest thing to do, especially when you're faced with such horrendous, sort of labels and, you know, horrible taunts from people online, society, your family members or whoever. And, you know, being a young girl, just trying to be happy in the, you know, skin that I was, it was it was hard. But I tried to be as strong as I could. And here I am 11 years on and I don't look back. Like, I'm absolutely happy with the decision that I made. What was the turning point for you where you were suddenly like, do you know what? I can't be bothered with this anymore. I'm just going to embrace who I am. Yeah, I mean, again, it's when you're it's when you're that vulnerable that you're backed into a corner over and over again. You know, you can either I don't know, like huddle yourself up into a ball and just lay there and just take it all, or you can stand up for yourself, fight back, and say, "Look, enough is enough. I can't take this anymore." And it was only until I said to myself, "You know, you're innocent in all of this. You've done absolutely nothing wrong. Like you deserve to live the life that you have." And if you want to be different, if you want to challenge sort of gender stereotypes, if you want to be strong, like you have to be resilient. There must be moments where, say, you sort of get a compliment from someone that when you were a teenage girl, you might not have received. That must feel like the biggest sense of relief ever. To be honest, I've had, I've had many years, even up until now, where people have just been really horrid. And now obviously being in the public eye, like a lot more people have come up and said really nice things. And there are a lot of people that have gone through the same things as me. So they do say nice things. But I think now even hearing horrible things being said to me, like I get death threats as well. So what? why on earth do people send you death threats just because you're embracing who you are? It seems completely bonkers. It just doesn't faze me. Like I sit there, and I think to myself, like this world really needs to change. and I can't stop now just because someone's been horrible to me. Like I need to be able to get out there, educate more and hopefully change lives, you know, and help people that actually matter. So yeah, I do get compliments and it's absolutely lovely, but I will, regardless of if I do get them or not, I will carry on doing the work that I do. Definitely. That's the most important thing, isn't it? That's what we all want. Um, Let's quickly talk about the sort of landscape of women and body hair, because I really hope that in the next, I don't know, 20, 30 years, that it won't become such a stigma for women to have hairy armpits or hairy legs when they're out in a public place. What do you hope for women? Honestly, I've got, like, I keep, that same question keeps popping up. And I can't state this enough that body hair isn't an issue. We've made it an issue. Body hair has never been an issue. It's it's as natural as grass growing on this planet Earth. It's not an issue. We need to go to the root of the problem. And that's, you know, again, the, you know, a woman has to look like this. A man has to look like that. I don't understand who put that has to sort of quote in front of, you know, this is what we should look like because we own our bodies and we, you know, we create our bodies how we wish to and we should be able to adorn our bodies however we seem fit. And this has to sort of quote needs to just go. It's seen as something that's disgusting to people that have this very narrow-minded beauty stereotype. But again, like it's not really a stigma you know, women with armpit hair, that's not really a stigma. Women with body hair, that's not really a stigma. Like it's ha- like there's loads of people 
that are proud of their bodily hair. It's not even a fashion movement or a fashion statement. It's just something that they're accustomed to, something that they love and adore, you know, and they're it's their right to look that way. Um, now, of course, all of us have insecurities about our appearance, our hair, our bodies, acne, whatever it is. How would you encourage others to embrace whatever they sort of maybe don't like about the way they look? I mean, first I always say it's okay not to be okay. I mean, a lot of people say that, but it's the truth. You know, we're not always going to be like 100% confident in our bodies every single day. You know, there are days that I feel down as well, and it's just... It's just about being kind, you know, just be kind to yourself, like, you know, and like I said before, like, you own your body and we have this whole world that's shouting negative things at us all the time. Like, the least that we can do is sort of speak to our body in a better way. And um, it's hard accepting things that are deemed to be ugly, but... You know, it's our differences that make us who we are and it's the differences that make us unique. Amazing. Well, Hanam, thank you so much for speaking to me and I know that you're going to continue doing the great work you're already doing. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. If you want to find out more about Harnam, all you have to do is look her up on Instagram. She is at Harnam Core. Thank you so much, Harnam, for being on the podcast. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, As always, I do this spiel about how appreciative I am, but I genuinely am. It means the world to me that you listen. Um, If you absolutely love it, it would be fantastic if you could give me a little rating on the iTunes app. Give me a little review. That would be lovely. Share it amongst your friends. Um, Tell anyone who you think might be interested. I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time for another episode of The Female Struggle Is Real.